extremely talented and funny friend of mine. But way back in college, we knew each other, and I'm so excited that he's going to be on today. He's a really good singer, musician. David H., what's going on, my man? How's it going? <laughs> my bad, Peter, man. How are you, man? Uh, hope all is well. I am just, um, it's a pleasure to be here, man. It's, a, it's just a pleasure to also see us uh, forming our paths after college and after school, man. So I, I'm, I'm really happy to be here, man. Absolutely, man. I, I, I love the fact that you're on. Uh, it means a lot. You know, I love seeing, I love seeing that you've been moving, moving places, like you said. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sight to see. Um, something I, I, like, I'm not sure if people are aware. I mean, I, maybe I'm not even aware, but I knew that back in college, you were, you were doing some stuff with, you were, with some, with your music, with some friends. Um, is, is, is that kind of the first time you got into music or is that something that's always been a part of your life? Um, around that time, I would say that is the first time I started writing music for myself, but that's not the first time music was in my life. I started uh, singing in church. When I was around, uh, I think like 15 or 16 years old. So I started in ministry and my dad is a musician as well, but you know, he's a, he's a pianist. I hate saying that word because it's so close to that organ, <laughs> but he's a, uh, he's a, he's a pianist and, uh, he was writing songs, but for groups, like for choirs, he would write down chants and whatnot. And I would help him write those songs sometimes. So, you know, life, life uh, continued. And I'm writing these songs one day. I'm just like, yo, man, these songs ain't working, man. So, uh, and then on top of what the people that I ran into in St. Francis, you know, some of them, I, I still run with some of them. I don't, but you know, everyone is doing their thing. Um, That's how I started getting into writing the rap songs and the R&B songs. And I'm just, I'm really happy for how it's turned into the, today and, and just the reception of uh, how people like it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So get, getting back to church, uh, obviously for, for, for people that obviously attend, you know, that's a big day for them or days. Some people go multiple days a week. Um, and music for a lot of services is a big, big part of it. If anything, it's it's like... For a lot of people, it's why they're there, you know, to to, mm-hmm. to sing to sing their praises about about God. Um, that being said, was as a kid, obviously you were attending as well. But but why did it take till you were about maybe fifteen to get involved? Um, one thing I can say is, uh, I mean, being being twenty six now. And looking back at it, it's like, oh, I know that um, I could, I have the like catered uh, answer for it. But I feel like it, I didn't get involved until 15 because uh, I guess it was timing. You know, I guess I needed time for my voice to develop. Mm. You know, my mom told me because uh, my parents are my pastor. So I played the piano with my dad in ministry and my mom is my, uh, my apostle, my pastor. So, uh, my mom told me when I was like eight, she was like, yeah, David, you know, you know, you're supposed to be singing for me, right? I was like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. 
I'm in your choir. I'm not, uh, you know, there's the choir person and then there's like the worship leader of like the services. So I tell people all the time, it's an analogy. I'm just like, yo, I would rather be a pawn in this whole chess game you play than be like a bishop or a rook or the queen or the king because that piece constantly gets so much attention and unwanted everything. I have no problem being a pawn in the corner doing my job. So that was what I would always tell my mom, like age eight, age 10, age 12. And then I feel like around age 15, it was a time where the church was struggling to have a work leader because people will come and go, come and go, come and go. And I kind of, I feel like I psychologically got kind of tired of seeing that. So I'm just like, all right, mom, let me see how this goes. So, you know, I first started singing, you know, you in the crowd and, you know, just as a worship leader, it's just my job basically to usher people, as you said, you know, to just help them sing their praises to God, help them forget about their long week and just come in here and just let it all go and just kind of a recharge. Cause it's weird because it's like, Oh, you know, you're exerting energy. I'm clapping, I'm singing, I'm exerting energy, but I'm getting refilled at the same time. So it's like an oxymoronic mm. kind of thing. But, um, I would say uh, uh, it was just the timing. And when I first started singing, you know, I was head down, just very shy, very head down. And um, one thing I'm grateful for is just the confidence that it, it has given me throughout the time, uh, teaching me how to sing when there's 300 people there, teaching me how to sing when there's three people there. So the, the, Things that I've learned on the stage in ministry has allowed me to take it uh, outside of the church and uh, rap on these stages and all that. It helped me bring my confidence to these other rooms. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so so clearly you were doing it at a young age. So I guess I guess what you're saying is you didn't want that that the spotlight on you at that young age. You waited until I guess you were kind of I guess ready for it, right? Yeah. Um, no, that's fascinating because a lot of people I talk to on the show here, they're, they, for a lot of them, and I guess, and and it's really fascinating. A lot of them don't figure out like the thing that they've loved since they were four or five. They don't get into it until they're like about the age you did or even later, like maybe in college or whatever. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see, like it started out when they were really, really small. And then just it, it it went out of their head, and at some back they fell back into it. And clearly, I guess that's kind of what happened to you too. Like you you were always doing it, but it wasn't your focal point. It wasn't your main thing. And then now, it's what we know you for. So it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to see that. Um, so okay, so now let's fast forward. You're in college. You're doing. You're not doing. I mean, I guess you still are, right? You're still part of the church heavily. But yes. career-wise, you've transitioned to rap. So it's 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 I'm gonna assume very different than what you're doing at the church. So yeah. Um, with that being said, is the style different? Is the is in the sense of like, are you singing about the same stuff, or is it just radically yeah. different? It's uh, it's definitely it's definitely uh, different. The only common denominator I would say I have inside of the church and outside when I'm rapping is uh, the conviction. 
um, when I, when I, you know, when I'm singing in church and, uh, I, I, I love the lyrics of whatever I'm singing. You know, uh, you know, I would start singing a song, for example, God is fighting for us. God is on our side, you know. And anytime I'm singing in church, I would tell people like, yo, listen to what you're singing. You know, we're not just coming here and dressing up for nothing. Like, well, you need to recharge. You need to realize that there is a greater force out there fighting for you. You need to realize that your situation is not as impossible as it seems. Now, what I love about rapping is that I can specify it. I can uh, go uh, how the Bible may have different stories and situations. Now I can go and uh, open it up and allow you into my life, you know, and one thing I always tell people is just like, uh, my music isn't gospel. My music has profanity. So, you know, when I first started rapping, it was a lot of controversy because there's just like, yo, how is this guy singing for the Lord on Sunday and then just releasing uh, this rap music that, um, that has profanity? Until they started to listen a little more and they saw that, um, wow, you know, his music isn't gospel, but there's a gospel in it. Mm. I feel like one thing that relates on both fields is a singing, singing uh, your praises to God can be very therapeutic. Now, listening to a David H song about what he's been through and something you can relate to because you may have been going through the same thing is also very therapeutic. So I started rapping for the same reasons I feel I started singing. You know, uh, to fight my demons, to internally uh, get rid of those problems that nobody knows about, but can affect everybody if we don't address it internally for us personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would say um, the thing that is in common is, is, is just the conviction, because I used to feel bad a lot of times when I used to make a song or something and then people would be like, yo, your raps are really like uh, J. Coley or Kendrick-ish, you know, uh, very uh, thought out and conscious for, for lack of a better term. So right. people weren't really gravitating to it at first until I realized where I belonged or where my crowd was. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, um, a lot of people, they, they just start rapping and then they don't know why they're rapping who they're rapping to or what they're rapping for. Mm. And you know, that, that uh, usually comes to you as you just continue the journey. But to answer your question, I would say that is uh, the, the common thing. It's very different. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't rap my songs in church now. Yeah. I cannot <laughs> rap that song on stage. You feel me? But when I do uh, get off the stage, one thing I just always try to let people know uh, where I come from. I try to show people like, yo, you can serve God and still be you. You can serve God and still be like, I tell people, yo, bro, I am from Flatbush, Brooklyn. I am from Canarsie, Brooklyn. I'm not about to be walking in here like, oh, uh, the holiest of days. Like, nah, like, what's up, y'all? Like, I'm David. <laughs> I just love God. Like, I'm not the same thing, you know? And uh, last thing I would say is uh, one thing I'm grateful for is, uh, and one thing I feel like a lot of people need to learn is they start to serve God or whatever, and they lose their identity. You know, they wake up every, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then before you know it, I don't know who you are anymore. It's like, no, who are you in God? God doesn't come to your life to take away your identity and for you to give all your money to him 
and then you just a broke Christian. Like I tell people all the time, I'm like, yo, I don't think, like, excuse my language, I have to say this right now. I don't think God is a broke nigga. Like, I don't think he's broke. So I tell people all the time, like, uh, it's 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 different things, but taking care of yourself, knowing what you do, knowing who you're doing it for, you feel me? But uh, yeah, to answer the question, it's uh, it's completely different. But I can't I can't rap those uh those songs in church, but wherever I do go, like outside of church, if I'm at a show, a studio session, I'm networking. Everybody knows where I come from. Mm-hmm. They know, yeah. they know who I am, and I always try to make that known. You know, like I uh, and I thank God for my mother because she's one person who has just taught me to like, yo, like live for God shamelessly, and He'll shamelessly do things for you in this impossible world. So, yeah, I, I've seen the love to your mom, on, especially on on your Instagram. I've seen that uh, recently. Um, you actually mentioned something that's kind of like something I was going to ask you, but I think you already kind of answered it, which was. Like, you know, rap always gets the stigma that it's, you know, rock, rock saw it back in the day, rap sees it now, that it's like the devil's music and only only terrible people make it and, and produce it and whatnot and listen to it. And, and you're going to hell if you if you dare touch it, all this type of stuff like that. But clearly you've managed to kind of, and, and you're, obviously you're not the only one doing this, but you, you're helping the, the idea of like, hey... You know, normal fucking people make this. Normal people do this. It's 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 not satanic. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's it's just another form of poetry. It's another form of art. It's just another form of getting a message across. And I think a lot of people miss that aspect because, you know, I don't know if it's because a certain group of people are doing it more than another. Like it, there's a lot to it that people just stigmatize it. And it's it's wrong. I mean, all music is gonna, all music has its problems. There's uh, you could be singing uh, Frank Sinatra, you could be singing uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar. Someone's saying something about somebody, um, and it's gonna, it's just it, there's gonna, it's all gonna have its problems. But the fact that you're working towards like understanding, trying to teach people that hey, there's a message here beyond me saying fuck or whatever. Um, and it's not just about, you know, cause a lot of people are, you know, you, you know, the old adage like, Oh, rap's not the way it used to be like in the seventies and eighties, man. It's not, it's Mm -hmm. never been the same. And it's like, well, then I, I, I take it that you're not listening to what's out now. I take it. You haven't been following its progression. Yeah. It had maybe for some folks, it had a dark period, whatever, but it's so, it's so available to everybody now to the point where anyone can make make it if you want to try. And there's just so much out there where it's incorporating so many other aspects of different music. It's, it's just, I think that, that those people that are, that are stuck back then saying that it's not like it used to be or it's always been bad, they're not paying attention. But what, what's your take on that? I... I heavily agree. Well, it's it's two things. The first thing I say is uh, a lot of people are still living through the concept of fear. They're looking at their lives through a lens of fear. A lot of people are serving God through a lens of fear, which, uh, like, like 
it literally it's it's like genocidal in the mind in a way how can i put this uh when they you you already know you know growing up I, we're, we're learning you know we take history classes we see that uh the, the 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 slave owners they use christianity to try and just instill fear into the people mm. so now i feel like times have changed and like we, we have broken out of that tremendously so like that's the first thing i feel like people need to stop looking at it through a lens of fear because a lot of times people are afraid to do certain things because it's like, oh my God, if I do it, I'm gonna go to hell. You know what I mean? Like I like I try to tell people one thing I always tell people, like uh me serving God doesn't mean that I don't smoke, that I don't drink, that I don't party. Me serving God means that I respect people and I treat people very well. You know, like there are a lot of people out there who will talk about my smoking habits or my drinking habits, and they don't smoke or drink at all, but then they're treating their mom like like shit. Or mm you go out there and you're disrespectful right. to everybody you see you go out there and, and then they don't even realize like wow uh david is just continuing to elevate in his life because he stays humble and he can continue to grow because he knows you know one thing i always tell people if i say i'm the biggest i can't get any bigger so now it, it would always look like i'm always looking to get bigger than you and and it, and it will look like uh it will look like I'm reverse engineering it. Like I actually have a bigger ego when in all reality, I have a smaller one. And that's why there's always continuous room for growth. A lot of people live in fear and they hear the phone, they hear the story. And before you can even interpret it, you just heard some curse words and then you're running, telling the world, oh my God, he's going to hell, it's a bad song. You know, so that's just the first side. Like people living out of fear. The second side of it uh, is, bro, uh, I feel like people are doomed to their interpretation of things. When I first started rapping and I hear people's reception of my music, some people incite powerful conversation from it. Some people be like, damn, yo, I heard that line you said about that bitch, bro. That shit was fire. I'm like, okay, if that's all you got from this, I see where your head is at. <laughs> now... If this person right here was able to damn near write a thesis paper on my song, I'm like, okay, now you understand what I'm doing here with this music. So it kind of, um, when I first started writing songs, it was it went from the outside in. I was looking for validation from other people who were doing it longer than me and all of that. Like, But now it goes from the inside out. I don't need any validation. Now I'm just giving you all this because it's truth. It's my truth. And... It's up to you guys. I'm seeing how you all interpret it. Obviously, I take all constructive criticism for me to grow and be better. But I love to see how people interpret my work. Because now I'm just like, hmm, I see where you're at in your life. You could do a little bit more stuff, work a little bit more reading. This person interprets my song to be like, yo, David, this song actually helped me talk to my cousin about this. I'm like, okay, boom. You see what I'm trying to do in my music now? It's life-changing. It's it's uh, it's about confronting those inner demons to take care of the outer ones. It's about changing your internal world so the external world can change, you know? So uh, it's uh, I feel like people just need to have an open mind. Don't allow whoever you serve to keep you closed-minded, to keep you 
from what you can learn, how you can grow, and and you know, uh, uh, to, to to each his own. To each, to each his own. You know, yeah. uh, when I see people interpret my music in a in a way, or you know, and and it comes with a lot of understanding. There's a lot of things you got to accept. Like for example, uh, a lot of older people in ministry won't understand me musically. I'm I'm, I'm new, but what's really crazy is like. I'm new school, but I have such an old school flow because there are a lot of like, for example, old people in church probably won't gravitate to my music as fast as old people in the world. Like, uh, mm. how can I say uh, those 70 year olds, those 80 year olds, those 50, 60 year olds, they'd be like, nah, I like your flow, man. You, you remind me of uh, 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 how, how, how we used to rap back in the day, even those on the new school beat. And I'm just like, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, because it's more about you could say something and then people can feel the message. I'm grateful to have this repertoire of talent and or skill or whatever people want to call it, where when I rap or I say something, people can feel it. Because if I can make you feel it, then you'll listen. A lot of times people are listening to the ignorance that is in rap today because they can feel what the person is saying. Mm. With feeling comes, oh, I can receive this because I feel this. So now that's one thing that I learned. A lot of people are they're just moving with emotion. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like how that fucking that song made me feel. So I'm gonna go tell everybody about how that part made me feel. And then you have those other people who are really not moving with emotion. They're like, wow, I can take this song and I can break it down. I can break this artist down. I can break my life down, and I can form it all into something better for growth. You know, I tell people like my music allows me to grow. If you're listening to my music and you're not growing, there's a there's a problem. If you're if you're listening to any type of music and you're not growing, there's a problem. Now you know, please do what you like. Like, bro, like you know, I my playlist is very different. I will go from Bishop Briggs to Katy Perry to Nate Bruce to Kanye West to to Green Day. Like I go all over the place because I know that everybody has a story and a message that I can receive, you know? And, hey, man, I got my ignorance, too. And they said, I'm never liking I go to my pop smokes every once in a while, <laughs> you know? But one thing that I try to tell people is uh, you have to uh, be very careful of not mistaking these artists' lyrics and what they say for their lifestyle. A lot of people, right, and this, right. is why, this is where you're trying to see, there's a lot of rappers today emulating where they see these uh people now that they're emulating the jewelry the chains but then you see these artists sit down on interviews and talk about what they go through watch their documentaries and see how they got to the point where they are now that's what i'm trying to emulate through my music i'm trying to show people yo it is not about the destination the destination is very cool trust me we're gonna get there but it is about the journey a lot of people, a lot of rappers today are rapping as if they are at a destination they are not at yet. Right. And then that's what fucks up all the music. It's like, bro, like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And then the last thing I would say is uh, a lot of people are rapping. There's rapping and there's hip hop. I do a little bit of both. Rap is what you do. You know, I wake up, I work and I eat. I wake up, I work and I eat. I go to sleep. Eat. I go to sleep and repeat. Now, that's easy. You know, I could talk about what I'm doing. That's rap. Now, you know, I'm David H. David H and the H is for hip hop. I, I give you the life I live. I'm not just rapping to you what I do. I am rapping to you what I've lived through, what I've 
gone through, what I witnessed. You understand what I'm saying? So it's a whole different approach. So, you know, I just always try to tell artists like, yo, before you you go do this, because, hey, <laughs> this ain't no, this ain't fun. <laughs> it's fun making music. You know, it ain't easy. You know, there's a lot of jealousy. It's a lot of ego, especially when you have a talent as good as mine. You got to be very careful because a lot of people could come and poison you. You know, you can find yourself replying to people who ain't as good as you or all of this stuff. So I tell people, man, before you start rapping, just realize what you're doing it for. Mm-hmm. And then just know if it's like, just make sure you understand the difference between rap and hip hop so that you can continue to become the artist you're becoming and you don't get a sidetrack by those people who are just releasing their rap songs. Because everybody, I tell people all the time, everybody has the trump card of expression. Everybody has the right to freely express themselves. So if a rapper want to wake up tomorrow and say, hey, oh yeah, I like to suck the titties, then shoot it in the kidneys, and then I take it to a trip on Walt Disney, there's nothing I can say. He, he can express himself <laughs> and do that. I can't say anything about it. But, you know, I'm going to take it upon me to make sure that I'm uh, attacking those places, those internal places, those psychological places with my music that people really don't get to every day. And that's why uh, uh, just how I can appreciate those little babies and little Uzi Verts and the babies, I can appreciate the Kanye's, the Jay-Z's, the Kendrick Lamar's at the same time. You feel me? You know, you bring up an interesting point, like, at the very end sing from where you you know like your experiences and and what you could appreciate and that's that's where your lyrics should flow from um good distinction between hip-hop and 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 rap i i you know I, i haven't heard it that way before and i think that's an interesting thing um that i didn't really ever think about um so i get this pivots right perfectly to my next point which was you know kind of singing from where you belong, where, you, where you're from. New York City, obviously, is where you grew up. Brooklyn is a big part of your life. How has that influenced your, your style? How has that influenced the way you, you make music? Uh, being from Brooklyn? Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like being from Brooklyn, specifically Flatbush, specifically Canarsie, um, I feel like it has given me, uh, hmm, man, that's a great question, bro. Nobody's ever asked me that. Wow. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's like, a it's a, it's a separation. I feel because it's like, I'm from Brooklyn, but then, you know, uh, you know, they say a prophet gets no honor in his own country. You know, there's a verse that says that. Mm. And uh, I feel like um, I've gotten and or received more love outside of Brooklyn than here. But it, it's a powerful lesson. But what, what I will say, being from Brooklyn, it, I feel like it gave me the uh, the sharpness or the... Uh, the will to do what I'm doing, to fest through the hate, to fest through, because I, you know, I tell people all the time, and uh, I mean, it, it's, I feel like a lot of rappers rap about it, but I try not to make that the focus in my music all the time, because you know, man, hey, man, niggas is haters, man. People gonna hate on you, you know what I mean? Like, that's inevitable. Right, right. They, they, they're gonna hate you while you're on your way up, 
And then they're going to love you when you're on top of the world. And then they're going to hate you because you have seemed to not come down from being on top of the world. So uh, I feel like being from Brooklyn has kind of given me an, um, an internal strength. I feel like there's something here. I mean, even if you're not a music artist, I feel like if you're just from New York, it's just different. Like if you can make it here doing anything, you can make it anywhere doing anything. I just feel like New York is like, I don't know. I feel like New York is like America's boss level for some reason. <laughs> Everything here is just harder. Like it's that. just more expensive. It's just like, hey, okay. So if you can come and survive here, you can survive anywhere. So, uh, But within the sharpness and the hardness it's given me, I'm grateful to grow up in ministry because just staying in God has taught me, okay, David, you could become this humble beast, but you know, a lot of people just become a beast without the humility or without showing love. Mm. I still understand how easy it is to uh, exercise love within what I do. And I kind of love how I am. And I'll give you this example. You know, I tell people, you know, David H and the H is for hood and David H and the H is for holy. Like I slap the shit out of you but I will pray for you right after. Like, I promise you, I'm going to pray for you right after. Because what, because what people don't understand is uh, I will go into neighborhoods and uh, I, I'm not I'm not in a gang, but I, I understand those people. I grew up around them. You right. understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. those are, I can't help it. And, you know, a lot of times say, you know, David, like, I see you in church, but, uh, you know, I play basketball with gang members. I make music with people who are in gangs. So, it's like a relation there. I feel like uh, uh, I've been through similar things. You know, I've gotten into fights with them, not because I'm in a gang, but I'm just like, yo, that human being I love. You're not going to fuck with that human being. It's, it, it's sure. simple for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, how I would put it is uh, it's given me a, a, a sharpness. It's giving me a confidence, you know, even traveling outside of New York. I've gone to London. Uh, I've gone to Atlanta. Um, I've gone different places and they could just feel it on you. You know, when you speak, how you move, you know, a lot of times you don't even need to say something. A lot of people just look at me and be like, damn, like, yo, you look like or you sound like you've been through a lot or you sound like, you know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to say I'm, you know, uh, I don't know, I ain't Dr. Phil or anything, but me personally experiencing it and going through it, uh, just being from Brooklyn has just given me a sharpness, you know, walking around, seeing Biggie murals and seeing the people that came before you, you know what I mean? Like uh, watching documentaries and whatnot, and just knowing that these people were from where you're from. It, it, it kind of gives you a... Uh, a patience as well. It's just like, wow, okay. You don't really got to rush for what's yours. Just keep becoming who you are. And then what's yours will, will come to you. You know, looking at the journeys of 50 Cent, at Nas, looking at Jay-Z, you know, just to name a few uh, rappers from New York. I'd even throw J. Cole in there. It was funny, J. Cole's not from New York, but he got hot in New York. Right. He came to New York and he made it happen. So, uh, um, being from Brooklyn, just knowing who came before me and 
what what I've been through, because, you know, a lot of times people try to say, uh, ask me who inspires me. I can never really answer that question. You know, I'd be like, my mom is probably the biggest inspiration I have. But it's really what I went through that kind of inspires me, like what I'm trying not to go through no more. <laughs> but uh, I would say being from Brooklyn has given me that sharpness, bro, and, and that confidence to stand in any room, you know, uh, because I've been through, I've been in situations in the streets, it's like there's a fearlessness now. Now I could go on stage in front of a thousand people. Like, you know, bro, I've had a gun held up to my face. Mm. None of these thousand people got a gun held up at me. Like, yo, man, this song better be good. Well, I'm going <laughs> to shoot your ass right here on this stage. You got two minutes to impress me. Like, no, these people are just, you know, just me, maybe some people there looking at me with a straight face. Like, bro, I don't know you from nowhere. Right. Make me like, make me like the song. But then every time I play the song, it's like, oh nah, I gotta follow that day, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you 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 hit you hit it on the head. Like New York's the mecca for a lot of things: art, music, uh, sports, whatever the whatever the, the hell you're gonna talk about. New York is like the start for a lot of places for a lot of things, and um, the 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 fact that you could, the fact that you you, you were like. No one's ever asked me that before, and and, and I, that's probably because like you just—it's clear to see how it's affected you. Like you said, like when people meet you, they're like, "Oh, you clearly have gone through some stuff." So maybe maybe they haven't asked because it's just it's just so clear. It's just so a part of you. Um, so there's that. But I have a, this is a question maybe you haven't thought about in a while, and I think this is really uh, I kind of I really want to hear this. If you weren't a musician, if you weren't a rapper, what would David H be doing right now? <laughs> uh, to be honest, and I honestly feel like um, I honestly feel like I had to let this go because, as, as you said, I'm a very funny guy. Yeah. No. So if I wasn't rapping, but I feel like it's gonna happen in the future, so I don't want to say like this. This will never happen. Uh, because I feel like the music will just open up the other doors for me to get into acting and mm. into different things. You know what I mean? If I wasn't rapping, I feel like I would either be a comedian or an actor. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I feel like that. I would either be a comedian, a comedian or an actor. But I do feel because, you know, I was talking to some people and it was like, yo, just because you do music now, you know, look at Will Smith. He started rapping and he's a one of the best actors ever right. jamie fox started yeah. acting comedy did did the music album and then has propelled to do some amazing movies you know what i mean so it's just like uh it's so many dimensions but what one thing i did learn though because uh before it was all music on my i will post i will post a motivational speaker video a comedy video a music one a motivational <laughs> video so I had to learn how to funnel these things into one road, you know, uh, like a focus thing, you know, because if you're focusing, like I tell people all the time, um, if I open three boxes of cereal at the same time, I'm probably not going to finish all three of those. I, you you got to do one at a time, like open the cinnamon toast crunch and then we can open the cocoa pebbles and then we can open the fruity pebbles. But if I open all three of them at the same time, it's just like, oh my God, which one I'm gonna finish? Oh, you're pouring a little bit of this one in here this day, and then you're pouring a little bit of that one in this day. Right. So I learned how to funnel the focus into the music, but 
I would calmly, I would be a comedian. I would love to be on one of those comedy role shows. I would love to be a, a character on SNL or a cast member or a writer. Um, I would definitely love to do a little stand up here and there. But then, I, you know, I learned a lot about myself. It's just like, yo, a lot of the funny videos and stuff that I used to post, I would say a couple of years back, a lot of people was telling me, oh, David, you're funny. You should do this. And I realized that I was doing it because people was telling me to do it. Not because I really wanted to do it because mm. I'm like, I'm like spontaneous funny. You know what I mean, bro? Like I'm like on the spot funny. Right. I'm not like, okay, David, let's go write an hour stand-up special and go on tour with the funny. I'm not that funny, bro. I, that's why I give those guys their kudos. And then, you know, everybody always telling me like, yo, David, if you really sat down with a team of people like they do, you probably could do the same thing. I'm like, okay, so let's just wait for that to happen. Mm. Right now, it's just me, myself, and I. And, you know, uh, I've hosted shows and they love when I host the shows because, you know, artists will come late, different things will happen and I will be able to stall or just, you know, throw a couple of jokes out there to keep the crowd light or whatever. They'd be like, yo, bro, you are great at this. You should do this, do that. But yeah, I feel like I would either be a comedian or an actor if I wasn't rapping right now. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I totally could see all that because that's how you were in college. Like, you, you you would walk into a room and you just everybody would just stop what they're doing and Dave's here. Let's see what Dave's got to do right now. Uh has to say. Um totally. I could totally see that. And and that's actually something I talk a lot about here, which is and you mentioned the fruity pebbles thing and the whole like open three boxes of cereal. I I personally disagree, but I agree. I know what you're saying. I I I'm totally someone who's who's be a five to a player, do everything. Never say no to nothing. But I understand what you're saying is you're never gonna be able to give a hundred percent to that to everything. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give seventy, you're gonna give fifty, you're gonna you know. So you're never yeah. gonna give a hundred percent if you're doing all things at once. But I definitely think it's important to at least dabble. Definitely dabble. And I think you obviously have. Um, yeah. and you found what really works for you at right now. And like you said, who's to say in two, five, ten years, whatever, you're not on uh, on 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 Hollywood set doing a movie about whatever the hell it is about. But like, I I definitely though for people that are listening, like if you're at a certain age though, pre high school, in high school, in college, figure out everything, touch everything that you want to touch. Um, well, I probably shouldn't have said it like that, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, just if you're interested in 15 things, figure out those 15 things and knock it down because you're, you're, you're going to figure out you don't like them. But just just dabble in everything and see what's up, because just like Dave just said, like, then you'll find that that thing. And I think that's important. Um, so getting back to your music, and I think this is uh, maybe for those that are listening that because, again, this whole podcast is about figuring out what it's like to be a creative individual, what it's like to, to get into the mind of someone who's creative. Take us through the process of making a song. What, what's your focus? What do you do first? Are you, finding ly- are you writing lyrics first? Are you sitting down with a, with a producer? Are you sitting down with a mixer? What, what's going on? You, are you sampling first? Like, do, you, do, you, do you figure out some rhythm first and then you write lyrics? Like, what, what's going on? Uh, most of the times I feel like writing the songs be the simplest part for me because uh, uh, usually 
producers would like hear a song of mine and then they'd be like, okay, I know exactly what to send you. And they send me beats and I go through the beats and I usually, a lot of times, a lot of these artists, these rappers be trying to uh, talk to the beat. Like, no, you're supposed to let the beat talk to you. I let the music talk to me. Um, and I feel like my music is so good because I let the music and the beat talk to me first. And then I would just start, uh, just start talking. And uh, how the best way I would say it is, I used to say like another analogy. I used to say like, God just opens my head. Like it's the lid of like a pickle jar, drops in all the lyrics, closes it, shakes it up puts it down, be like, all right, David, you're ready to go. Mm. But uh, as time passed, I realized, okay, usually when I hear a song or a beat, I, I would literally, uh, it's like healing. Uh, I tell people all the time, my music is a, is a tool for healing for me. It's like my own therapist in a way. So uh, I would write, I would either, I would start writing about something that happened 10 minutes ago and then start writing about something that happened uh, 10 years ago. You know, for example, like uh, I would get a beat and the beat, uh, one song that I, I, have, I haven't put out yet is a song called Can't Throw Five. So I got the beat and it was really, uh, really uh, eerie in a way. Like, so I'm just like, ooh, wow. Okay, I hear the beat. And then uh, I would just start talking to myself, like uh, waking up with an empty wallet and an empty stomach. Can't cop no dime to call my mind, so my thoughts is running. To my demise, I turn the weed to survive. Oh, me, oh, my, what do I do when I can't throw five? Stay sober, am I surprised? They got I'm still alive. Range Rover, I want to drive by the time I'm 25. Stay loaded, because niggas hate. Soon as they get the chance, I'm trying to grind and get them diamonds so you can watch them dance. David H and the H is for hella bands in my pants. I'm just speaking in the to fruition. Steve Nash, all these tracks I'm dishing. I got the gang if I need assistance. But I know these niggas feel a distance. On my own, heart and soul got me feeling like stone, but it's nothing more than a slogan. On the phone with your girl, we take the long way home, and then I make her clothes going through the whole Hogan, and then I super soak it. So, like, every time <laughs> I... <laughs> it's one of my favorite, that was, one of my favorite that's lines. That's great, that's great. Because what I say, I make her clothes through the whole Hogan. You see the people in the crowd. Some people actually go in the crowd and go and rip their shirts apart. I'm just like, yo, bro, you got to go home. It's cold outside. That's magical. That's, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. That's like, hilarious. No, say the whole cold. You know what? She's tearing her clothes off for you. <laughs> so I just, I say that to say, uh, um, when I hear a beat, uh, the beat usually just leads the whole way for me. You know, as soon as I hear the beat, I'm just like, mm. I get a little melody in my head. And then I start putting words to that melody or whatever comes in my mind. And it flows into, into a whole song, man. That, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, I think that's, that's important for those that, that, that aren't sure how to start. Right. What did, what did you say? What's, what's some like, What's some notes that maybe a kid or someone who's trying to figure out how to make music, what, what's some notes for them that that's essential in, in lyric making? Uh, hmm. I would tell people, um, you gotta make sure what you're writing is true to you. I don't care what it is, you know? Uh, you know, uh, you know, you got somebody like J. Cole who 
would write a song and be like, you know, um, shit gonna get hard, keep your head strong. If I lose now, then I'm dead wrong. Fighting this hunger for power. Big step up, please don't get stepped on. And then you got somebody like Lil Uzi Vert who would say something like, um, I asked my little Spanish bitch how do it taste. She said, uno, do, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, and seis. But both artists, what they said was true to them. Right. So if you're new, if you're an artist and you feel like you, you have this musical thing, just make sure you do what's true to you. A lot of times we are in this world and, you know, social media and things move so fast. So you feel like, okay, I got to write this so people can like it. I got to write this so the label can like it and I can get a deal, you know? And then a lot of people don't understand, like, if you do something for them and they liked it once, you're going to have to do that same thing 20 more times. Right. And so I would rather you get signed or get recognition for what's true to you. So by the time you're at that point where they want to distribute it to the world on a regular basis, it's easy for you. Like I tell people, bro, it ain't enough for me to write songs again and again and again because I'm constantly rapping what's true to me or I'm always finding what's true to me. So uh, for an artist, just make sure you find what's true to you. And, and one more thing I would say for them is a lot of people think that it starts with the music. Uh, no. It's horribly wrong. Rapping or making tracks is probably the least of my worries, bro. Um, hmm. Reading, praying, writing, communication, relationships, consistency. You know, a lot of people think that they want to rap until they scale. A lot of people think they want to do something until they're actually in it. And then they actually start to scale the trajectory of how much work they actually have to put in. Right. You know? So I just be like, yo, make sure you want to do this before you want to do this. Make sure you're willing to sacrifice for it. Make sure you're reading and writing because a lot of people don't understand. There are so much things. Uh, for example, you know, I'll, I'll put a musician to the side right now and I will throw in uh, an athlete. Let's say a football player. It's not just on the field that matters. What you wake up and eat in the morning matters. Who, who, who you're listening to matters. How much you're practicing off of that field matters. You know what I mean? So uh, I would tell people to figure yourself out first before you even go and be an artist. You know, I feel like it was just kind of easy for me to flow into it as time progressed because I always stayed true to myself. I was never afraid to say no. But then I'm just like, all right, David, I think it's time to say yes because there's room for growth here. And I think you're the man for this job. And it'll just uh, fall into place. So for those artists, I would just say, let the music speak first. Stay true to yourself. And just make sure you are, uh, for lack of a better term, or, you know, to, to, to summarize it or to keep it concise, just make sure you're doing those things for your mental health. And the rest will just fall into place like dominoes, you know? Better no no words yeah. have been better said than that. Now I wanna I wanna close it out with this question. I think this is key to this podcast, and I think it's something I actually ask everybody. I bring it up often because I love hearing the different variations that this question gives me. And it's uh, you know a lot of us, whether it's a musician, 
downloading, uh, 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 putting out a song on Spotify and you get 10 downloads or you get 10 million downloads. Put a video on YouTube and you get 10 views versus 10 million views, what have you. Define success for us. What What is success for David H.? Uh, success for David H is, man, uh, yo, before I even say this, man, y'all got to know that I have a biological father, but Peter was my father for my four years in school. <laughs> <laughs> and this man is asking me some amazing questions, man. And I know y'all can feel it. Yeah. Peter was my dad. Just so y'all know. But yeah. Before I even ask the question, I'm just like, wow, you are giving me some great questions here. And what's really crazy is. These are uh, things that I end up talking to people out about on a regular basis. Like, bro, nice. and this is the thing that's surprising. You know, uh, I would be with, uh, with rappers smoking at studio sessions. And they'd be like, yo, bro, I ain't never smoked with a nigga talking about mental health. I ain't never <laughs> smoked. I ain't never smoke with a nigga. We talk about the 48 laws of power. And we talk about God. He's like, bro, who are you? Where you came from? I'm like, hey, man. I'm David H., man. You know? But um, <laughs> success for me. It's as simple as waking up and feeling good in the morning. Wow. A lot of people define their success by how much followers they have and how much views they have. Peter, my uh, my Instagram page got deleted, I think, around the end of last year. Hmm. I had 8,000 followers. Content was great. Things were going great. I was getting views and all that. My Instagram page got deleted. Somebody hacked my page, hit me up on WhatsApp and said, yo, give me $250. Right. And I'll give you your page back. I said, you don't know who the fuck I am. I'm David H in real life. I will get 8,000 followers again tonight. Yep. Yeah, they deleted my page. I have a new page now and I have 600 followers. But I show people I'm doing more with 600 followers than somebody is doing with 17,000. Mm -hmm. Numbers don't mean anything. I tell people all the time, you, uh, a lot of people get caught up with the marketing and the algorithm of Instagram, of social media, and they forget to consistently put in work in real life. Those people that we see at the top, they have consistently put in work in real life as to why you see them with the followers and all of that. Yeah, it's cool to see them all in real life and stuff, but when you finally see this person in real life, it's like, oh, I can see why the social media thing matches because you're actually this person in real life. So success for me is becoming the best version of myself possible. Success for me is waking up in the morning and feeling good. Success for me is getting one step closer to my goal, putting brick down, brick by brick. Uh, I read um, Will Smith has his autobiography. I read his book and he said growing up, he used to work with his dad a lot. And in the summer times, his whole summer got taken away from him because he was laying bricks down to rebuild houses and stuff, you know, helping his dad work for his company or whatever. And when he finally finished building the wall, his dad told him, you don't ever let anybody tell you, you can't do nothing. You lay, you lay these things down brick by brick. So a lot of times people will look at social media they will look at uh, other people's successes. You know, other people's successes are in our faces every day. We see it on IG. We see it on Facebook. We see it on Twitter. So then we start to inadvertently or unintentionally reverse engineer our success based on these other people's stories. So now it's like, hmm, 
if I don't got views like him, I must not be successful. Right. If I'm not doing what she's doing, I must not be successful. If I if I don't have the views that he has, I must not be successful. When no, the success is in the mistakes. The success is what you learned from losing. The success is what you learned from getting 10 views here. You know, I think I have a video out. I think the, le- the least amount of views I've ever gotten is like 70. And I think the most views I've got is 19,000. Like, so I've, you know, that's not a lot when I appreciate the, 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 the love. But I tell people, I ain't doing it for that. All I know is that song that got 70 views, that's 70 lives that I touched. Right. And I always just try to tell people, use your perspective a little more. You know, uh, I, if I go to a show and I get one new follower or two, those are the two people that I was meant to meet. You know, a lot of people forget that this globe is continuously spinning. Your world isn't ending. Time is going away for all of us. So you have to realize that we are all, obviously, we make cameo appearances in each other's lives, but you are in your own movie. This is your own first-person video game. This is probably the, the best first-person video game I've never played. It is not ended. <laughs> Every time I wake up, there's a damn secondary objective coming up, a brand-new primary objective coming up, and another level I got to go through. This is one of the best campaigns I've ever been on. <laughs> wow, this is crazy. And I hope I beat it. You know, I'm, ain't no cheat codes. Mm-hmm. Ain't no, mm-hmm. ain't no, ain't no DLC. It's just you're in the game, brother. You're plugged in, but you can't plug out. So uh, success for me, I tell people, man, uh, success, don't look externally for success. Look internally. And then when you start to look internal for success, you'll see that the external success is just going to come. And you're, you're not even going to be phased or impressed by it too much because your your level your standard of success is not by what they are doing it for you you have your own standard of success and then that changes everything absolutely absolutely Uh, you know for those that are listening each time dave finishes a a point and i just don't say a lot it's because i'm sitting here trying to absorb everything he says he says a lot (laughs) that is just so powerful and so inspiring um, and thank you for those words that you said about 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 me too, because um, I mean that's what we're trying to do here at this show. We're trying to it's for the creative person. This is for that person who who needs that outlet that is making things and wants people to see what they're making. Uh, this is for for kids that are in high school or what have you, or adults that are just want to learn about what it's like to live a life of someone like yourself. And I think it's really essential that we do this show. And 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 have people like like you on. So so thank you again for 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 even taking your time. I know we're friends, but still you could have easily said no. Um, <laughs> but but everything he said, ladies and gentlemen, that you know I, throughout the show, I think it's very important to dissect and examine everything he said because it all has meaning to it. So Dave, thanks so much for being on. Where can we find you? I know we just spoke about how. You know, maybe it's not too important, but it's still somewhat important. Where can people find you on social media? My social media, you can find me on Instagram at it's David H at I T S David H. I'd be like, I tell people, they'd be like, oh, what's your? I'll be like, it's David H. They tell me David H. I'd be like, no, it's it's David H. They'd be like, oh, it's it's David H. Yeah. (laughs) So my uh, Instagram is I T S David H. You can find me on all music platforms. Just type in David H. and you'll find me there. Type me in on YouTube. I'm a part of a label called Musical Mercenaries Incorporated. So if you just type in David H, Musical Mercenaries, 
you'll see my videos pop up there. Peter, thank you for having me, man. Just just like he said, we, we went to college at the same time. But the last thing I will say is a lot of people see David and they see this energy and they feel like they have to be me. No, the best part about being a creator is that you can be yourself as quiet as you are, as loud as you are, as reserved as you are, as obnoxious as you are. Don't be too obnoxious, though. But... <laughs> Don't be me. You know, <laughs> don't be, please don't be my dad. Don't be my dad. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, man, just be yourself. But you can find me there on a David H. All three platforms and ITS David H. on Instagram. You can find me. Click that link in the bio and you'll have access to all my music there, man. Peter, it's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to catch up with you and even speak with you as well, man. No, and no. I, I wish you guys so much uh, a, gr a greatness more in this podcast and journey. Thank you, man. That was, that was, this was great. This was great.